What's good, y'all? Your boy Brandon back again. Another episode of the On Run Podcast, man. This week, due to some technical difficulties, back in the studio, we got another than DNE, man. What's good with you, bro? Hey, once again, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here, and uh, let's get to it. Absolutely, absolutely. So last time we had a really, really good conversation. I really hope this uh, follows along. So everybody listening, man, definitely make sure to stay throughout the whole episode because it's gonna be a real good talk. Um, but yeah, current events. Um, just to start off the conversation a little bit lightheartedly, uh, I was recently thinking about something. So I was having a conversation, uh, with a few people and just over like the past few weeks, I kept coming back to kind of the same point. And I started to kind of realize that women kind of have a hard time understanding why men sacrifice sometimes. Now I'm not going to put all women in the same boat. Um, I'm not going to say most women, but I think a lot of them don't really understand why a man would put himself in a stressful situation because for them, their lens that they see the world through is something completely different. Like for them, it's more about comfort. It's more about like being safe. They're more proactive in terms of being like mentally well, I guess you would say, or just like feeling good usually. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, I think that's good. And as men, we should also kind of want some of that. But for us, we prioritize usually just getting the job at hand done. Whatever task is like in front of us, that's what's most important. So what do you guys think about that? Oh, you know, I kind of agree with that. So I, I do tutor like math as well. And one of the kids I tutor, she's a girl, but her boyfriend just, like I think two weeks ago, got, got in a car accident. Uh, so totaled his car. And then the following day, he got kicked out of his house. And the following day, he got fired from his job. God damn. So this guy was like, like when I tell you this man was depressed, I thought he, he I thought he was actually going to. The only thing left was for his, for his girl to leave him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I joked about that to her. Not, to damn, him. <laughs> not in front of him, though. But, but I remember like, uh, I remember him texting me and like letting me know everything of this stuff. And because I'm, I'm close with him. And so. I remember, like, maybe last week, so maybe a week had passed. And he was like, yeah, bro, I got a new job, but it's not paying enough. I have to move out now. I'm basically homeless. And he's like, I'm going to get another job. And I remember, like, because I tutored the girl, not necessarily him, so he's not even there half the time. And I remember she said something like, oh, I don't know why he wants to work all the time. Hmm. And all I could think in my head was, like, he just lost his job. Yeah. He has, he's homeless right now. He has no car, and you're just kind of like, oh, why does he want to work all the time, right? And to me, it was like, it's kind of eye-opening, because even for me personally, that's something I do. Like, I'd get a second job immediately, right? It's like, I don't even care if it's a night shift if I'm sleeping five hours a day, right? It's like, what's most important at hand, and it's like, how are you going to survive for the next day, next week, or things of that matter, right? And I think it just speaks volumes to like how we may even necessarily see the world, right? To me, it's like, I don't want to be broke again, right? So it's like, what am I doing now to make sure I'm not going back to where I was before, right? Compared to, like, let's say, a, a rich person. When they hit rock bottom, they may have a little bit hard time trying to get out of the dumps because they never evil, even was there in the first place, right? Yeah. But, you know, it was just something like that where, you know, Brandon, when you were just mentioning earlier, you're like, hey, do you know, I kind of hit this topic. I was like, dang, this is just so fresh in my memory. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's crazy. But I think, uh, Dina, you actually kind of talked about it, so I'll kind of let you I jump on that. I feel like for men, um, it's kind of in our genes, you know, in general, it's our instinct to provide 
it's our instinct to kind of sacrifice ourselves for the greater good of your loved ones, your spouse, your kids. Um, and I feel like it, it, it comes to us naturally to want to, um, again, put our loved ones first, you know? Um, and, uh, if you happen to be at a place where you're at rock bottom, um, that in itself is a lesson to where it's like, I don't want to feel like this anymore. So I'm going to do what I have to, to get out of this place, you know? And, um, but yeah, I feel like it's just in our nature as men to, you know, eat last, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I always, um, my girl hates when I say it, but I always like relate it back to kind of like society, right? In it's primitive, I mean, it's most primitive form, like humanity. If you're weak, if you're a weak man, if you're lazy, if you don't want to work, like if you don't really want to contribute and carry your own weight at the minimum, right? Not only are you doing bad to yourself, but you're doing bad to the people that depend on you and you're doing bad to like the community itself, because then you have... Let's say you have a son and he looks up to you, right? And, and you're lazy. You don't want to get a job. You're not out here hustling. You're not grinding. Your son's going to be like, oh, that's what a man is. And he's yeah. going to grow up and be the exact same way. And if you have a daughter, she's going to be like, oh, my dad was like that. So she's going to go off and be with a dude who's just like that. And then the whole shit fucks up. So it kind of is, you know, dependent on men to, to do our best. Because we are an example, regardless of whether we want that job or not. That's kind of given to us. We have to, we, we are an example for everything around us. Yeah, we set the tone and uh, we take the lead, yeah. if you will, you know what I mean? For what's going to happen before that action or after that action, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I think women probably, I don't, like I said, I don't want to put all women in the same boat, but I feel like a woman, prob a woman probably wouldn't understand until she has kids. Right. Until you have like that instinct inside of you to you're like, I have to protect this thing no matter what. Then it kind of opens your eyes and you're like, oh, so that's what it's like. And I feel like, well, for women, it just there's an attraction to that, you know, to see a man um, follow through to what he says he's going to do. Mm -hmm. like he's goal oriented. He's uh, working hard. You know, it elevates you as a man, as a leader, and that's like the attraction that the that the girl wants or the girl sees in you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So I feel, I don't know. I feel that. Um. I feel like it's yes and no though, because I feel like nowadays, like in the past, obviously, it, it, like I said, in its most primitive form, it's obvious, right? If we're outside and there's fucking like animals outside and someone has to fucking fight a tiger <laughs> off it's gonna be you right so the girl directly knows like that would just save my life yeah. obviously like i'm gonna stay with him right probably have kids but nowadays the world is so safe like uh, from the outside in like it looks safe like it, it's a safe world so women kind of get this thing where like innately something is telling them like yeah i want to be with a guy who does that but then they get with him and they're like why is he working all the time why is he not with me all the time why why is he putting me second and it's like you don't really understand that every single day when i go outside and i'm grinding it's because i'm doing it for you yeah, right 100%. like i could give a fuck about this shit like i'll live in a cardboard box with you know barely food to eat for one day and i'm i'm happy like yeah. it is nothing but i know that eventually someone's going to depend on me and i don't want them to live like that it's it's funny you you bring that up because in my I was formerly married, um, and in the beginning of my career, 
as a barber, you have to, you're a slave to the chair. Absolutely. And you have to build your clientele. You can't just take things off or, you know, be lazy, not show up. Like you, you got to stay there and build your clientele. And, um, if it was 9 PM and you know, the shop closes at eight and the walking comes in, I'm going to take that, you know, cause that's money coming in. Um, and that's something that kind of drove me and my spouse apart because she didn't understand that in the beginning of the career, like I don't work a nine to five. I don't get a check. Like my yep. money comes from the amount of people that I cut a day. Yep. So even though I was tired, I was sacrificing my body, you know, and my time with my, my kid and, and her to make sure that we had enough money to be all right, you know? And, um, I feel like she, it was unappreciated. You know what I mean? Um, she didn't understand why I was doing it, uh, because as a man, I feel like I was doing my part. I never let her pay for a bill. I was taking care of, you know, the house, the, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But all she wanted was my time and I couldn't afford to give her that yet. In my eyes, I was like, well, we have a beautiful home. We have two nice cars. Like this is why, right. you know, so I'm sacrificing my time with you to make sure that we live like this, you know, right. and all she wanted was my time, you know? So it, it was bittersweet. And now that, you know, you progress like uh, a couple years later and now I'm in charge of my schedule. Now I'm in charge of, um, when I do work and when I don't work, how much I charge, right? Like she sees it and it's like, damn, you could have like, just waited it out. Yeah, yeah. Like I wish she could have, yeah. you know, but she hits me with the, I wish you were like this when we were together. I'm like, yo, do you not realize it took me? <laughs> you know? But like, that? do you guys ever feel like women don't really know what they want? Like, of course. Like, it's, so, it's such a crazy concept. And, and they, they would like, I know there's a woman listening to this right now. Mad as hell. Like, yeah. Sure like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Long. What do you mean we don't know what we want? But you guys really don't know what you want. Like, because for them, it doesn't matter. Like, they're catered to, right? Since we're the man, we have to cater to them. We have to make sure, like, we understand when they're mad, when they're sad, what they like, what they yeah. don't like, what they like to eat, what they don't like to eat, who they like, who they're beefing with, all these things. Like, yeah. we have to care about that. Us, we're simple. Like, we we bare minimum, <laughs> bare minimum and we're good. Yeah, yeah. But... It's such a crazy concept that because they have so many things in their brain, like they don't know what they care about. They don't know what they want and they don't trust us when we're like, I know what you want. You just have to trust me and like, just be patient. We're going to get there. Yeah. I promise. And it's like, I know you want my time. Like, I'm not stupid. I know you want my time. I know you want to spend every fucking moment with me. You, you want to be able to hang out and, and just like take a day off and just stay at home and do nothing. Like, I don't know, go on vacation but we can't get there unless I do this first. Yes, we yes. can't get there. I know you want that. We're going to get there. Trust me. Just back me up right now when I'm in my zone trying to grind, you know? I think, well, to add to that, I feel like men are like logical thinkers and women are emotional thinkers, yeah. you know? So for us, the logic is I need to do this first to give you, to get us where you want us to be. Yeah. And the girl that is see it that way, they want that now. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I think a sense of entitlement is in play. Like, oh, I deserve this. You should give me this. You yeah, know, I yeah. want this now. Like, hold up. Like, we'll get there. You yeah, know? exactly. But our logic is different than theirs, you know? And yeah. common sense. Common sense is not common in these days. You no, know? absolutely not. But that's why I said, and, and it's, and ultimately, whether, like, whether they understand or they don't, 
it's it's so crazy because no matter what, it's still our responsibility to find a balance yeah. where we're grinding, but we also give them a time so they relax and they're good. Yeah. And that's like the hard part of navigating. And I think a lot of people, um, they give up too easily. I think a lot of girls give up too easily. I think a lot of dudes give up too easily where, you know, if you really sit down and have a conversation, maybe you would find a common ground. Maybe you would find some understanding when you're like, okay, I know I have to grind, but like, I'm sure if I make my process more efficient, I can give you a little bit more time. And the girl as well can be like, okay, I know I want to spend a lot of time with you, but I know you have to do your thing. So I'm going to support you. What do you need me to do? And then everybody can be happier. Yeah. Do you feel like social media has an impact? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <For> <laughs> we sure. all say yes. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I just think women are, women, because like you said, they're more emotional, they're more in tune with their emotions. They're easier to target with, things right and that's why when you take business classes like they always teach you like you market to women because women are bigger consumers women consume more like if you have a good ad a woman is more likely to buy something than a man would you know because we're just like mm, <laughs> i wear the same pair of boxes every day <laughs> yeah. i don't care you know we don't give a fuck um so because of that like women are so easily influenced and they get fed all these things where there's other women telling them what they should want. There's other men telling them what they should want. And that's why they don't know what they want. Cause they don't know whose advice to take. They're like, what do I really want? You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but I mean, we just like, I, it's just like an observation I've been having recently. And it felt like I've kept getting like examples of it. And I was like, I'm re like realizing the same thing, you know the what pattern. I mean? The pattern, yeah. And I think it, it, whether or not, like, because I don't really think it, like, it doesn't really apply to me. Like, my girl's super understanding. Like, she, she really does support me a lot. But I think, like, when I see it in other people, like, it kind of makes me a little sad because I'm someone that, like, I... Like, the last thing I want is to live in a society where, like, everybody's just getting divorced and, like, doing yeah. goofy shit and, like, whatever. Because I'm like, ultimately, my kids are going to grow up. And like I said, right, whether or not I'm doing, like, what I have to do, if everybody around me is not, then they're going to be influenced as well. So I feel like it's kind of important to talk about so someone out there can be like, hmm, maybe I'll think about it and whatever problems they're dealing with, they can, they can navigate those. So with that same perspective in mind yeah and then you combine it with me from what i do as a barber when a guy comes and tells me man my girl doesn't port, doesn't support this or she's keeping me from this and you know i get to a point where as a barber i want to tell my client like bro she's not the one for you yeah bro like leave her you know like yeah, yeah, she's yeah. holding you back because she's not supportive mm -hmm. you know i've met clients and friends who are held back from their dreams because for example i've when i was starting my my you know former wife or whatever before that i'm talking about high school i had a girlfriend who um told me get a real job you know what i mean nah you know what i mean and that's high like, school that's crazy <laughs> like which what do you do work construction <laughs> Like, you, do you have a four hundred one k for that? I was in the midst of. <laughs> what are like, the benefits? <laughs> I like I yeah. like this. I like cutting hair. I was investing time in the craft and practicing on my friends and whoever wanted a haircut, I would do it. And she said, "Why don't you just get a real job?" And I knew that was a big red flag, you know. So it's like, there's sometimes where my friends come and let's say they're musicians, 
and I don't know where the girl is insecure. Oh, I don't want you playing or staying out late. You know, I don't want you uh, uh, playing these gigs anymore. And little by little, he starts like separating himself from that life that he enjoys so much. You know, and it's it sucks because I feel he's under like a a spell. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah. I'm just, the whole time I'm just I'm just hearing him out, but I want to tell him like, bro, like you used to be this, you know, you used to love doing playing guitars and doing gigs and being out. Like you're a people person. Yeah, and you don't see that. And little girl. by little by little, you, it's almost like their souls getting yeah, drained. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's it's hard, you know, but. It's not, I can't step in. I just got to listen. You know, like even in the in the wild, the cameraman, like National Geographic, he knows that fucking, uh, that deer's going to get eaten. He can't mm-hmm. step in yeah. and stop the lion <laughs> from killing the deer. You know? That's a wild comparison. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. This is just what it is. Yeah. He thinks I'm he's National Geographic. <laughs> I'm just I'm just observing. I'm the camera guy, you know what I mean? I'm just watching it. And you know, un- unless you really ask <laughs> unless you really ask me for my advice, like what do you think I should do? I just have to listen, you know, and wish him the best. Yeah. At you that just point, hit him with the I don't know, bro. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> At that point, if he asks you like generally for your advice, do you just fucking like go off on him? Or do you kind of be like <laughs> You know what, bro? I think you should. I give him. I'm give him. I, I the the option. Do you want my advice as a friend, who cares, or do you want my advice as a you know client or as a you know just your barber? You know. Yeah. And if they want the real raw, yeah. you know advice, I'll go in. I'll tear her up. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I'll rip the blind from his face. You know. But sometimes they're not ready for that. You know. Yeah. They're not ready for the truth. And and you run the risk of being that hater. The bad guy. The bad guy. You know what I mean? So you kind of got to, like, gauge it. Like, uh, I want to tell you something, but I know you're not ready to hear it, bro. And uh, unfortunately, you're going to fall on your face and figure that out the hard way. And I'll I'll be here to pat you on the back and tell you it's going to be okay. Cut your hair and release you back into the wild. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'll get you right for the next one. (laughs) But, yeah. But I guess... Now that we're talking about it, for everybody listening, obviously you're a barber. Um, you're about to open up your new shop. You're already in there doing your thing. Mm-hmm. But the grand opening is coming soon. Ultimately, that had to have a beginning. And you talked about, I guess, one story of, you know, a girlfriend at the time kind of shitting on you for wanting yeah. to be a barber. But what was that beginning like for you getting into cutting hair? Sheesh. Where did I begin? Um, I've been doing this for... Just about 15 years. Um, I started when I was 15. I picked up the clipper when I was about 14. And um, right away, like, I felt like this connection, like, this is it. You know what I mean? Started, I didn't want to do anything else but that. Um, of course, as, as you're, I'm going to say growing up, you have these aspirations to be a, mine were a professional athlete, right? I want to go pro and be a soccer player and da 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 da. Who you know? are you gonna play? Who are you gonna play for? Chivas, of Chivas. course. You feel yeah. me? That, that's <laughs> those are my peeps. I'm from Guadalajara, and uh, my dream was to be, you know, professional. It was my, it was a shared dream. My father wanted me to go in that route. I think pro. that's all of us. Bro. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was pretty good. I did pretty good until um, 
tore his ACL and that was it. <laughs> yeah, every uncle, every deal. <laughs> nah, I started realizing how like it took a toll on the family. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, financially, once you get to a level where you have to pay to play, mm-hmm. and um, and my dad wasn't doing so well financially, and I was going on these um, tournaments that he had to pay for, and you know, ask for a loan for me to go play out of state and he couldn't even go watch me and the stress that it brought on the family it was just like is it really worth it you know what i mean mm-hmm. so then wh- when i started feeling that way the here comes the clippers you know what i mean it was a different route and uh, i started focusing on that more and um i had a lot of friends and who i thank dearly for letting me practice on them um in the beginning uh, we didn't. I, I didn't grow up in an age where we had YouTube, so you couldn't look up how do you do this fit yeah. or how do you do that or look on Instagram on your phone. Yeah. You know, like I started just going to the shop, uh, sitting there for hours and watching other barbers cut hair, and whatever I would pick up, I'd go practice on my friends and my family. And uh, if you were lucky enough, they would uh, tell you to grab the broom, you know, yeah. and you became a shop boy. And so that was my beginning. Um, I started practicing on my people and surprisingly like my dad didn't necessarily want me to go this route. We grew up going to a salon and getting a haircut for like eight dollars, twelve dollars. Yeah. So he didn't see a future in oh my son's cutting hair, like what the fuck? Like that's not a job, you know? Um and not to mention that he thought it was gay. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> straight up, like <laughs> <laughs> like that's just for girls. What the fuck? Like you're cutting hair. Like, nah. So I had to go. I was that. That was you like paint I, your nails next. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I was up against, you know. But um, once he started seeing how much time I was investing in, into this and um, how much I guess money was coming in, um, he kind of like was more laid back about it, you mm. know. Um, by the age. Like junior year into sophomore into senior year, uh, I saved enough money to buy myself my own car, and he was like, taken aback, like, where did you get that money from? Yeah. Like, Dad, I've been cutting hair for like two summers, you know, like I saved up to buy my little car. Yeah, and he was like, oh shit, like, you know, that was the first moment I felt like he was kind of proud of me, like, damn, right on, like. But he ain't say it. He didn't say it. Mexican no. dads, but they ain't never gonna say. It. I'm proud say of you, it, you know, and um. So yeah, I just kept on. I kept on, um, kept doing it. And uh, what was it? My senior year, uh, I was passing notes in class, uh, passing a note, and uh, Miss Miller was her name, my math teacher. She found, she stopped me, grabbed the note, opened it up, and was like, "What are all these names?" And it was a list list of guys that were gonna go get a haircut from me. Mm. And I explained to her like, I cut hair. And they're gonna come after school to get a haircut, and she was like, "You know, there's a college for that. You know, like that's what you want to do. Like, there's a route for you." And bless her soul, she uh, looked up on the on the internet, uh, got me information to like go and sign up for school. Um, so I was stoked, like, "Oh shit! I thought this was like an apprentice apprenticeship that you had to do. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I didn't know that you had to go to school for this." So I was like, "Dope!" Like. I'm going to college, you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. a barber college, dope. And so I called, <clears throat> I called, and uh, they denied me uh, access to the college because I didn't have a social security. 
You know what I mean? I'm Damn. an undocumented immigrant. I didn't have a social security. And at that time, the only school in Vegas wouldn't accept you if you didn't have a social security. Has that changed now? It, it has. Damn. It definitely has. Thank God. Man. Um, and yeah, so, uh, you know, my dreams were crushed a little bit, you know, but uh, I went back to school and she kept asking me, like, did you call? Did you call? And I told her I did. And she wanted to know, like, get, know the good news, you know? And yeah. I was just like, I don't know. I kept coming up with excuses, you know? But I'm I didn't in, want... I'm in, full scholarship. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to out myself, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't have a social security, yeah. you know? Like, at the time, I remember it's changed so much because at the time, it was almost like you didn't want people to know that. It was, it was like a secretive thing. Yeah. You were almost, like, embarrassed of it. Now... Yeah. For I think it's good now. It's like more normalized now. We see people were like, damn, like we have like a little bit more empathy towards them. Yeah, and this was at the cusp of uh, Obama signing the Dream Act. Mm. You know what I mean? And um, so I had heard about this Dream Act or whatever. You should sign up. Yeah, and that was a little bit more of an incentive for me to graduate and get my diploma. You know, um, were you so a good I, student? Huh? Were you a good student? Yeah, I was an honor student. Yeah? Yeah. And that's one of the things that, like, um, I made sure I was always on top of my shit, you know? Because yeah. my dad, like, would threaten me to, to go to school. Like, you know, I'm going to go check on you. I'm going to go check on you. I'm like, by all means, go ahead. Yeah. Like, you're going to see all my straight A's or whatever, you know? He would never see me do uh, schoolwork at home. Mm. I was always out playing soccer in the street or cutting hair or whatever. And he never saw me do schoolwork, so he was like, what the hell like yeah i'm gonna go check up on you i'm like go ahead like i'm good but yeah i was in i was a good kid i graduated with a white a white robe um so i was like huh <laughs> no the honors the man. honors yeah. yeah and so then uh eventually i got my my dream act my um my work is permit or whatever you know what i mean yeah uh, everything got situated, if you will, and um, so yeah, um, school didn't let me. Uh, the school didn't allow me to go. I didn't take that for an answer. I kind of made a makeshift barber setup in my apartment. I moved out when I was like seventeen, eighteen, and I said, "Mom, I'm gonna give this life shit a go." You know what I mean? And she gave me my blessing, and I was off. You know what I mean? On my own, and so yeah, like I was working a job. I was at a retirement home and um, I met a lot of good people there. Like aside from like uh, work experience, life experience was what I gained being there. You know, like there's a bunch of old people, you know what I mean? The old heads, yeah. bro. They got all the fucking game. And it, they teach you about life if you listen to mm. them, you know what I mean? And so I learned through them and they taught me patience. They taught me people skills. They taught me how to be considerate and have manners and stuff like that that would later on play out in the the craft you know what i mean yeah like with my people skills at work and my career with barbering you know how to be you know well-mannered with people who come in and you know that gets you a lot of places you know that opens a lot of doors for you so while i was working in the retirement home i still had a makeshift barber set up at my apartment mm -hmm. i get off from work and have two three heads lined up to cut hair in my apartment and then um, eventually that led on, and um, I ended up meeting uh, this lady. And so the job at the retirement home ended. I got fired, 
Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I had the same shit last time. <laughs> I was smoking too much weed. Uh, <laughs> I was smoking a lot. Like getting, <laughs> getting high with the old heads. <laughs> I was in the kitchen, bro. You know, uh, and, and the, the chef. Just water vapor. <laughs> <laughs> the chef would smoke, and I would smoke with them, and we had a change of management, and he was the first to go, and then. You know, and uh, so on and so on. <laughs> they ratted us out. Then the chef was like, yeah, he would smoke with me. <laughs> <laughs> so I got let go. But you know what? That same day, I was going to go see my, my dealer, my weed dealer. You know what I mean? I was going to pick up some weed and yeah. fucking just smoke my pain away. You know, I'm like, fuck, I got fired. Fuck it. Let's smoke. You got fired on my day off. <laughs> I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> it's some Friday shit. So then I pull up to the mini mart. And right next to the mini mart, um, there's a barbershop that said hiring. And so I said, fuck it. What the hell? Let me just walk in there and say, hey, you guys are hiring, you know? So I did. I pull up and I'm like, hey, that's same day, man. That same day. Like, same day, I, same day walking home. Yeah. Oh, the same man. day getting fired, he's walking home. Yeah. yeah. I go into the mini, I mean, to the barbershop and I asked the lady, like, you know, are you guys hiring? And she's like. Sabes que, mijo? Like, yeah, come help me out this weekend. So I was stoked, you know. I, I hit up all my friends, everybody that I knew. Hey, I'm at a barbershop. Come see me. Come say hi. And everybody did. Everybody came say hi, brought me food, and stepped in and congratulated me. And that went on for like two weeks, you know. I was there. And on the third week, she hits me with the, hey, mijo, like, when are you going to bring me your license? Your barber license. I was like, fuck. So I, I had two choices, you know. I was like, I could lie to her face and make up an excuse, or I could be honest about my situation. And so I went the honest route, and I told her, like, hey, listen, like, I love doing this. Um, I would love to go to school, but they didn't allow me to go when I wanted to. And um, But, yeah, this is it, you know. And she looked at me and was like, <clears throat> Sabes que, mijo, me caes bien, and I'm going to help you out. You know, I'm like, bruh, thank you, Jesus, you know? And so from working just the weekends, she gave me, like, an extra few more days, started working, <laughs> bless you, bless three you. or four more days, until eventually she was, like, confident enough to give you my own key, you know? Um, and I stayed there for five years. Wow. Yeah, without a license. And no one no ever came down. State board never came. What's that place called? Just not just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> State board. Uh, rest in peace. Rest in peace. The lady she passed. Ah, you know, no, R.I.P. Shit. Pilar. She was the first person who kind of believed in me. You know? R.I.P. to the OG. Mm -hmm. And um, so in those five years, it's like, you know, I'm growing up as a man. I'm. I, I have a family now. I have a baby. You know, and um, things are going good. I end up getting married. We get a house, we get the cars, I'm building my clientele, things are going smoothly, you know? And then um, she passes and I end up going to another shop and um, I was there for another three years without a license, mind you. Mm -hmm. um, Damn, bro, why don't you just- Eight years. <laughs> no license. <laughs> <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> So I'm cutting without a license <laughs> for eight years. <laughs> and then the pandemic happens, you know, and shuts everything down. Damn. And, um. Wait, how old are you? 
I'm 30 years old. Yes, sir. Um, so then pandemic happens, and um, I had more than enough time in my hands. And um, I decided to open up my own little, like, shed set up at my mom's, you know? Yeah. And that was a very good experience because it was more of a, a one-on-one thing with my client, you know? It wasn't a whole big shop setting. It's more of a one-to-one. And I got to know them in a much more profound way, you know, like we were opening up uh, with each other and it wasn't just like, all right, next, next, you know, it was more yeah. like I got to know my people for the first time, you know. Yeah. And it's people, hard. I feel like, open up a little more because they don't feel like there's other people listening. Exactly. It's just one-on-one. And that kind of like, how do I say, like it changed my whole perspective on barbering, you know, and what you mean to people, you know, and, and how you're able to help them with their problems and their issues and kind of like um, share your ideas and your perspective and hopefully like ease whatever they're going through, you know? So it was during COVID where I realized that and um, it, it kind of like gave me a sense of a greater purpose. I have a greater purpose for my people, you know? And um, yeah, those conversations, like I couldn't, how do I say, I was honored, you know, to have these men open up to me like they would, you know, like they trusted me enough to open up uh, like they would and um, with with real life shit, you know, mm-hmm. like that men go through. Um, it's COVID, money's not coming in. You having to be with your spouse, it's stressful, the kids, uh, everybody had a sibling or a family member or someone they knew that passed away from COVID, you know what I mean? So we were all like, in this together in a way you know what i mean um so yeah like our bond when the bond with my clients kind of just got tighter and then um fast forward a little bit covid's over and i'm having to really um think about all right it's time like i need to get my license you know what i mean finally a decade later later i need to stop playing with myself ultra know? super senior <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah that whole uh, school experience like was something special you know like um and what, ha- what was it like going to school because mind you at this point you get like what more than a decade in yeah and like you're going to school and they're teaching you how to cut hair so like <laughs> right next to you is some dude who's never picked up a pair of clippers before <laughs> you, and then you're like already a pro so what was that like you know what like i'm not gonna sit here and say um i recommend not going to school <laughs> um i was kind of bitter and i didn't revisit that idea of going back to school it took me so long for whatever reason, but I was kind of bitter at the fact that they didn't let me go to school. That I said, fuck the system. And I just, I was all right. I'm cutting hair without it. I don't need you guys. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. But then going back to school, it was a humbling experience. Because one, I'm self-taught at this point. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing pretty good for myself. And I, I'm thinking I know it all, right? And I was wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, the act of cutting hair, cool. I mastered that, you know? Can't nobody tell me how to cut. Bet. But do I know the history of of my craft? Do I know the science of what I'm doing? You know? Down to a, like a molecular level type shit. You know Break that I mean? down a little bit. What, what do you mean by that? So there's a lot of diseases, cross-contamination, hmm. you know, that we need to know these things. Um, 
bacterias, the name of these bacterias, these pathogenic bacteria that we may transmit from one client to another. Like STDs? Uh, could be. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you know, you're touching people's faces. Your cl clippers are touching other people's mouth area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to be able to know how to disinfect these tools properly so you don't pass these things on to the next guy. You know, so these are all things that um, these barbers in, in the garages kind of overlook. And don't see the importance of it. You it's know? like the the prison tattoo artist when that shit gets all infected. Yeah, it's type shit. Yeah. So what you're saying is this guy got Alan's barber. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a barber. Let me cut your hair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, there's there's a reason for everything, you know. Yeah. I was never presented an actual textbook with chapters of X and Y and Z. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So when I was able to go to school and see this textbook, like. I was like in nerd mode, you know what I mean? I was like, holy shit, like the history of what I do, you know, how far back we go and how important we were and how revered we were in, in each fucking decade of civilization hmm. down to the Egyptians times, you know what I mean? There's always been someone who's able to master the art of shaving. That was fading up back then? <laughs> Probably not fading, but shaving. <laughs> Probably. You know, but there's a history for all this. We were surgeons at one point, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so that to me was like, wow, like my eyes were, yeah. I was in awe, you know? So, now, so basically you're a doctor now. Yeah, I felt, <laughs> I, I'm a doctor. <laughs> you got his PhD. I'm like, I'm like, you got his white robe again. <laughs> I'm a hair, got the gloves now. The glove. <laughs> I'm Mask a hair up. doctor. <laughs> That's dope. But I think that that speaks to like how much of a student of the game you are. Cause that happens a lot to me too. Whenever I really fall in love with something, I want to know everything about yeah. it. Like I'll spend a whole week or two weeks and I'm just nonstop like watching videos or reading yeah. shit about it. Then you look at me two weeks later. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I've been known that like in 1930, this, this <laughs> yeah. it's like, Facts. yeah. Facts. yeah. Well, did you know? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. you shut the fuck up. You just learned that shit. But I think uh, that shows like how much you truly care for barbering. Whereas now, I don't want to speak bad on no barbers, but a lot of them do it because it's kind of trendy. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like a cool thing to do now. It's so like, I'm a barber, but like, you don't really care about the game like that. You don't respect it enough to put the hours in to really learn how to cut hair, you know? Yeah, 100%. And I feel social media has a lot to do with that, you know? We made it to where it's cool to be a barber, you yeah. know? And um, to the young viewers watching this, like, yeah, it's cool, but it's hard work, you know? You're on your feet for X amount of day, uh, hours. And um, you don't get to live the life that you see on Instagram until you put in the work. You know, I was blessed to work alongside some OGs who put me onto the game from the jump. Um, coming in early, staying late, you know, having people skills. A lot of people these days don't even know how to answer the phone correctly. You know, how to have, um, how to set up appointments and how to make people feel welcomed. We are uh, service to the public. We service the public. Without the public, we don't eat. You know what I mean? And um, and that's something that they need to understand. You know, like they, we need them just as much as they need us. You know? Right. And I think people fall in love with the 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 time, the not just the time, but like the financial freedom, setting your own hours, kind of being your own boss. It's almost like being an entrepreneur. But just like entrepreneurship, you don't just wake up and that's your reality, right? You have to put in so many hours in the shop 
cutting, learning, talking to people, grinding, like being there on your days off, being there on weekends so that hopefully one day it pays off. Right. Because that's not even a guarantee. No, 100 percent. Um, Yeah. You don't just wake up and say, I'm going to take two days off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You rely on these people from the in, in the beginning. Yeah. Um, You have to work your way up to a point where now you have people waiting on you when you know you could take a day off and your next day will be booked you know and the way you achieve that is by putting in the hours and what what about the conversations behind like the scenes or when you're in when you have a a a person in your chair and they're breaking these things down to you it it can be a lot of responsibility sometimes or it can be a lot of like a burden because you have to kind of carry a lot of people's negativity not to say like every experience or interaction is negative but you have to sort of find a way to kind of compartmentalize that and then when you go home like not bring that with you yeah um some of my most tired days are maybe i'll cut two or three haircuts Mm -hmm. for but every conversation is deep and heavy you know, and you get into the car or even after you're done, you're just sitting in your chair and you're like, fuck, you know what I mean? You feel like you just did a, a whole 12 hour shift, you know, and you're just there like just thinking like, damn, my boy's really going to do it, you know. And, but what I've learned is um, some things they're not meant for you to carry, hmm. you know, like you you are their waste basket, but it's not meant for you to take home, you know, you kind of got to leave it at the shop or kind of just do your own ritual where like for me, for example, like before I leave the shop, you know, Persino and I send the blessing out, you know, please guide my people, let them find your light. And, um, and that puts me at peace. You know what I mean? Mm. Let them find what they're looking for. Let them find their peace. And, um, and I hope, that I was some type of a vessel to kind of, you know, guide them to that. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. Sometimes these conversations get so deep and my responses are so thorough that I feel in a way that God is using me to kind of share what God wants him to hear at that time. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I'm just a vessel here. God put these words in my heart to share with you. And I hope they hit, you know what I mean, the way they're supposed to. Hmm. But at the end of the day, it's like I have to be at peace and leave, let that shit go, you know? Right. Like you can't micromanage or coach. This is what you got to do. And this is the next place. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, like you you're not a psychologist. Like you can listen, but you're not like. And sometimes that's yeah. all they want. Yeah, yeah. Just they to vent. Just get it off their chest yeah. and hear themselves. Hear themselves say it out loud. So it, it, it hits them different like. Or so it kind of leads them too. Yeah, like they've been holding these ideas in their head, but now by them saying it out loud Mm -hmm. to somebody, they hear it different. Yeah, like oh shit, like I'm tripping. Yeah, exactly. You feel me? I'm tripping. Maybe I don't want to go home and strangle my wife. You feel me? Like (laughs) damn, bro. Call call the cops, bro. (laughs) Maybe she's not that bad. But can you give us some examples of like some of those conversations? Obviously, without giving people's like personal personal information i remember we i shared a little bit about an experience where i had a client who was he was always like dapper and always like had his shit together it seemed like you know but one time like he just came to me and was like bro like shit's not going right like like you said in the beginning like 
He had a car accident, his, you know, he yeah. lost his job, et cetera, et cetera. And he just came to me like, bro, like, please, like, just tell me something, you know what I mean? So he just sat down and um, I was just like, yeah, bro, like, you know, let's start from the beginning. Like, why do you feel this way? And where is this coming from? You know what I mean? So we went in and um, I don't know. I feel like, again, it was he came to me because he knew he could find that, you know, that that's peace or that somebody cares enough you know, um, to kind of, kind of be there for him. You know what I mean? He needed somebody and he couldn't find his family or his usual friend circle or his girlfriend. He came to me out of all people and he shared what he was going through and, um, kind of like in the midst of giving up and like, I don't know. I feel like, like through the laughter, through the camaraderie, through him, like, seeing himself after the haircut, kind of, like, made him feel like he was worth something still, you know what I mean? So, I don't want to go in, into what we talked about or, mm -hmm. like, whatever he was, uh, you know, like, I don't Express, know, expressing. Yeah. But it, it was it was that, you know what I mean? Like, he came to me. And um, I feel like that holds a lot of weight in itself, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it makes, it, it makes your profession more valuable than it would look like on the outside yeah. right it's more than just a service like yeah. get in get a haircut get out right it's it's something deeper than that and in a way i don't know a lot of people i guess can get ego from that because they're like wow look at me but you can also like you said change it for the good or take it for the good and feel like god is speaking through me Right. I have a bigger responsibility than just cutting these people's hair and getting them out. For some people, you do. Right. Some people just come in. They don't really want to talk. Just yeah. get a haircut and you're out. Good. But other people come in and they like you said, they need something because a lot of times we can't really open up with the people that are super close to us. Right. Because it's vulnerable. And especially like men, we feel like, well, if I if I seem vulnerable to them, that's going to affect them. And I don't want to harm them. Right. I'd rather just keep it to myself and hold it in. But sometimes you kind of do have to get it out. So what better way than to have someone who like is still somewhat close to you. Right. But, you know, they won't really judge you for how you feel or what you're going through. Yeah. A hundred percent. And just speaking on how, how much as how many things as men we hold in, mm -hmm. you know, we don't share with our spouses because we have to be strong or with our mothers or brothers or sisters, because all you want them to know is that we're doing good. Don't worry about us, you know, we got this. And perhaps it's ego, perhaps it's just masculinity, but we do have feelings, you feel me? Yeah. And rather than seeking um, addiction, rather than seeking, you know, instant gratification, there's a lot that could be solved by just talking, you know? Um, from my perspective, uh, personally, like I've had to go through therapy to work on myself mm -hmm. uh, with previous traumas, external or internal, um, that I had just lingering around and feelings that I didn't know were there, but were causing me to act a certain way or manifest in situations or in ways that I didn't know why, you know, but it was just a previous trauma that I didn't work through. And so I was leaning towards. Let me just smoke weed and forget about it. Let me just get drunk and not think about it. You know what I mean? Like, 
instead of doing that, you could solve and ease all that trauma and pain through just talking. You know what I mean? And um, I have the responsibility to be that guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When when the opportunity allows itself. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not to be that guy or to be dark in some way, but do you think there's ever been a chance where you had that person on a one-on-one where you knew they were struggling and you feel like the words that you were speaking at that point in time weren't the words that he was needing to hear? Or where he left a conversation where you probably haven't seen him maybe ever again at that point? Yeah. Uh, I feel like I kind of like touched a little bit on uh, earlier on how some people I feel aren't ready for the truth. Mm. And perhaps I was wrong. Like yeah. my idea of the truth wasn't his reality, mm-hmm. you know, and it kind of rubbed him off the wrong way. Or perhaps he took offense to how blunt the message was delivered, you know, or he just didn't find what he was looking for, you know what I mean? And felt like I was against him and not with him. And uh, sometimes I guess just people aren't ready to see themselves in the mirror. You know, no pun intended with the haircutting and stuff. You know what I mean? But <laughs> they're just, you know. Like, damn. <laughs> Shitty advice and I don't even like my haircut. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't haircut. Yeah, man. <laughs> it wasn't the advice. It wasn't He's the like, advice. I'll come back, bro, but I'm good with the cut. <laughs> Some real good advice, but just damn, you fucked me up. Let me know when you're done. We're <laughs> like, less talking, more cutting, bro. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, there's have been situations like that, you know, like I can't say I've lost too many clients yeah. or like I've had a lot of negative experiences with clients. Um, sometimes like they either just leave the state or just it's it's not in their convenience, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. But I think that's normal, like with any job, like mm-hmm. stuff happens. But you talked a little bit, you touched on like having traumas and, and things that you didn't resolve and you had to go to therapy for. Are you comfortable with sharing some of those things? Sure. Um, damn, where do I begin? <laughs> um, so going to therapy taught me that there's internal trauma where it's it's really not your fault. You know, for example, like it goes all the way back to where like your mom and her pregnancy and, and her experience while she was pregnant. Was she, uh, did she have a, a happy experience while she was pregnant? Was she's always on edge, always sad? You know, these are all hormones that are injected into you while you're still in the womb that later present themselves as trauma. No shit. You know, and you seek addiction or you seek gratification and or you just always sad and depressed. Depression, anxiety, or PTSD. You know, these are all things that are injected in you from your mother's from when you're in the womb and you have no control of these things you know that's the internal part so i had to go back and ask my mom like hey like how was your pregnancy you know and i come to find out that they were mourning uh, a loss of a sibling of mine um so before i was born i had a sister who died at birth and um, I didn't know that. I never asked, you know, uh, but going to therapy kind of prompted, me. you know, yeah. prompted. Yeah. yeah. So I asked my mom and we started talking about this and I was like, whoa, like, how come no one ever said anything, yeah. you know? 
And so there was a lot of sadness. My dad had a lot of guilt. He was kind of never around when my mom was pregnant, right? Because when, when, when she was pregnant of me, my dad was out kind of drinking himself. Because drink, drink he was fucked up over it. Yeah, because he was fucked up over yeah. it. He felt guilty. He should have been there more. Da, da, da. But instead of being there for me, he was out. <laughs> He's a double edged. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they didn't make it any better. Yeah. Like, so, damn, now my son gay cutting hair. <laughs> <laughs> He's not messy. He failed. But yeah, see, so these are all things that you don't know like until you ask, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so, yeah, there was a lot of sadness and, you know, depression going around during my mom's pregnancy. And so then that kind of, like, helped me through that trauma. Like, mm-hmm. oh, shit, now I understand. Now I have this piece to the puzzle where it makes sense now. You know what I mean? So you conquer that. You take another step. I'm interested. So you mentioned that your, or at least your mom was mourning and, or your family was mourning at the time. So when you were growing up or even what kind of what had prompted you to go to therapy, was it that you're more of like a morning person? It's like you were sad all the time, depressed or what? When you say it was a piece to the puzzle, what do you mean by that necessarily? Do you think that there was something missing? Because like, how did it matter? How did that experience manifest in your day to day life where you felt like I have to go to therapy because there's something here? That wasn't the reason why I went to therapy. Mm -hmm. That's probably like another conversation for another show. (laughs) But to kind of make it quick, like, it was court-ordered. <laughs> ah, I had to go to therapy. It was court-ordered. And my perspective on that, I was skeptic. Like, therapy doesn't work. I'm, yeah. Fuck that. You know, that's for crazy people. <laughs> kind of find, find out I'm crazy. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of find out I'm one of them. <laughs> but, but then, like, I give it a chance. I'm like, well, let me get my fucking money's worth. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't mean to cut. Yeah, no, no. You go ahead. Let me get my money's worth. And so I started giving it a chance and I started learning a little bit more about myself, uh, just talking, talking with this individual who was unbiased, who didn't know me, didn't know my past, mm-hmm. but he was kind of helping me understand what was going on in here, kind of reorganize and clean up the mess. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like a dirty room. They yeah. say that your room correlates to your mental health. If it's dirty, you probably you got a lot of things, you got a lot of things going on. If, if your house is clean and your room is clean and organized, you're probably all right. You know what I mean? So in here, it was dirty. <laughs> dirty as a motherfucker. Um, so again, uh, going to therapy kind of prompted me to ask these questions. You know, why am I always running away from an argument? Why am I always um, being, um, what's that word? Uh, why am I always cheating? On my on the person that loves me or that cares for me, you know, why can I be, you know, X and Y, you know, why am I always smoking? Why is this always my answer to a lot of my problems, you know? And so you start digging, you start cleaning up the mess, and you start understanding why you do things. Um, so that's was the internal trauma, external trauma that I was dealing with. Um, I had last, I had lost both of my brothers to a car accident. They were, they were young. They were, uh, 17 and 20. And, um, I really didn't get to, um, mourn the way I should because I felt like I have to be strong. 
you know, I have to be strong and show strength to my family. But behind the scenes, I was crushed. You know what I mean? These are my brothers. Like, these are the people who I would, like, uh, smoke with and have conversations with, you know, and who understood me. How old were, were you when they died? Um, this happened, I think, five to six years ago. Oh, so they were younger. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I was, you know, I was doing drugs to kind of, like, cope. And, you know, and it wasn't helping at all. Like, I had a very bad case of the fuckets, you know. Like, if I die, fuck it, I'll be with them, you know. Like, yeah. it, it was very um, self-sabotaging and very dangerous for my well-being, you know. And so going to therapy was a place where I was finally able to express all these feelings, you know, of of i don't know of sadness of um just why you know like um so i was uh, what i learned is it wasn't fair for them to have me use their departure as a reason as to why my life went to shit you know that wasn't fair to them to use that as an excuse why my life couldn't prosper you know what i mean so I had to kind of overcome that, and they helped me see that it's not fair to them, you know? You're using that as a, an excuse for yeah. why you're doing these things, you know? And that's the external, you know what I mean? That's, that's yeah. oh shit, this happened to me. I lived this, you know what I mean? And as a, you know, a conscious human being, like, oh shit, we're, we're not talking in the womb anymore. We're talking yeah. about like, oh shit, this, this is, traumatic as fuck you know mm -hmm. and i was i didn't have the skills to scope to, co to cope so therapy really helped me with that you know and that's why now as a barber I, i'm able to kind of present it to my clients where things get too deep or i know therapy will help them i suggest that to them like yo this is beyond me bro i i, I suggest you you seek some help, you know what I mean? Like, I got nothing for you. <laughs> yeah. Like, but therapy is, is something that people should try, you know what I mean? For sure. Do you think therapy is for everybody? I think um, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised if you give it a chance. You know, if you go in there with a very uh, open mind, um, willing to learn, willing to understand. Because um, these are professionals who analyze behavior, who analyze how the brain works and why we do things the way we do. And now you have an actual professional analysis, you know what I mean, to why you act a certain way. And they give you these tools like, all right, well, try this, you know what I mean? When you feel like that, do this, because it helps your brain do that, you know what I mean? And it eases this. So I'm like, oh shit, like, that's fucking dope. Like now I have, and this, I, I still wear like, like from medication. I wasn't medicated. It was just more of a conversation. Just talking, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, um, but yeah, like just having somebody who's a professional tell you like, hey, try this next time. You know what I mean? It, it gives you the tools to deal with life, you know? But now on your journey of self-improvement, you've been sober for a few years now. How has your life changed since you've, since you've been sober? I, my sobriety really changed, um, really changed the game for me. 
um, mental clarity is a game changer, you know? Um, again, instead of running away from hard situations, I embrace the discomfort. I embrace um, the unknown, if you will, you know, instead of like staying away from it, I went head on and I was like confident and because I was clear minded, mm. you know, I knew what I had to do and when I had to get it done instead of putting it back, mm. putting it back, procrastinating, procrastinating. Cause that's what drugs do. They prolong your process. And I feel that in these two years that I've been sober, I've just excelled. You know, I took big leaps and uh, I've been able to be far less frugal with my money. I've been able to save more. I've been able to be more proficient in my life, in my relationships, um, with family members, with my kids. I'm more present um, and I'm more aware mm. of what needs to get done and uh, um, what would you say, what's expected of myself, the standard that I keep myself mm. and where I should be, you know? Um, and yeah, um, sobriety has very, has been very good for me, you know? And, um, like my mom would say, she's like, ya ves mijo, <laughs> ya ves mijo, cuando ya dejas de, de fumar, que tanto puedes lograr? And I was like, damn, like she, I mean, she has a point, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Ain't nobody trying to hear that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, you rubbing my face in it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she has a point, you know, that's just her way of telling me like, look, bro, like, you're doing you're doing good you yeah know, keep it up mm. and um yeah relationships with people like in my professional world like um i'm shaking people's hands that i never thought i would be shaking and i'm looking them straight in the eye and i'm confident i'm not hiding away or looking down you know what i mean and sobriety has a lot to do with that um because they see a confident person and not a person who's hiding behind the effects of a drug, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think sobriety is a game changer for real. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to touch on too, is you mentioned your kids. Um, how's your journey of fatherhood been like from the beginning to now? Because there's a lot woven in between, right? There's overcoming your traumas. There's a uh, sobriety. There's building your business, um, being married. And now I guess not being married. So it's been right People think of fatherhood as like, okay, you become a father and then it's like your life stops and you're just a father. But really, when you become a father, right, your life doesn't stop. There's still the own roller coaster of your life. It's just that now you have like these, um, your children that you have to take care of, right? Yeah. So what's that been like for you? I mean, I guess it all starts from the, the type of example you had in your life. Mm. My father, you know, I respect him. He did the best he could with what he had. I mean, you have to respect a man who comes into a country not knowing a lick of English and still manages to put on food on the table and, and you know, roof over your head. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So I respect that. And um, But, of course, like, the things that he lacked, I make sure that my kids don't go without, you know? Um, like, for example, like, uh, empathy, um, support. Uh, these are all things that I wish I had, you know, coming up, growing up. Um, I have this tattoo of my, uh, it says, um, Fuerza de mi padre y amor de mi madre. So my, ta my dad taught me to be strong 
And but my mom provided that love that my dad lacked, you know, mm-hmm. in sharing. And um and I carry that and I value that because that's really, you know, the type of upbringing I had, you know. My dad taught me not to give up. My dad taught me not to take no for an answer. He um he really was someone who I looked up to, you know, with all his flaws. Um, no one's perfect, and I understand that now, uh, being in my journey as a person and as a father, um, it kept me from having to judge him. You know what I mean? I can't judge that. I mean, he was learning. You know what I mean? He's still learning life, mm. you know? And um, so that has helped me understand myself and forgive myself for all my imperfections because I'm still learning, you know? Um, but then now you have, um, someone who looks up to you and it's that much more, um, reason for you to accomplish your dreams and show them that it's possible. You know, my oldest is 11 and he see me when I started cutting in the fucking kitchen and cutting in the fucking balcony and in between jobs, trying to figure it out. He see me when I first had my shop. You know what I mean? Um, my first chair at the shop. He's seen that experience. He's just seen me through the whole journey. You know what I mean? Right. Um, me going back to school and actually being a professional. And um, him seeing that this is something that I love and I'm passionate about. You know, And that's something that I tried to convey onto him. That this makes me happy. This is how I make a living. You know? Uh, that's important to me to share to them mm-hmm. that just find something you love, you know what I mean? And and try to profit from it, you know, not because like it'd be great if we didn't have to get paid, you know what I mean? But right. we live in a society where you need money, right? Absolutely. But if I didn't have to get paid, I would still choose to do this, you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. And I think that's a... That's something a lot of us grow up with, especially Mexican, Hispanic culture, right? Where jobs were from necessity, not basically. The jobs were from necessity. They weren't really like, oh, I want to do passion. this because I enjoy it. Yeah, it wasn't from it passion. Wasn't from it was necessity, not passion. Um, whereas now, like coming to a country where we have more opportunities, living in an age where it's never been easier than it's it's easier now than ever to sort of chase something you want right if you want to be a barber hey guess what you can start cutting hair at your at your own house post your clips on instagram tiktok facebook whatever social media market yourself right you're accessible people can reach you right whereas before right you unless you took out an ad in the newspaper the radio or tv then no one was going to come to you or you had to go to the, the traditional route go to school get a license go to a shop and that's like so much effort you know like you cut so many years without even a license yeah. so um but I, I i think it's good that people are finally able to do things out of passion because we what if, if we got these to, like if we got a bunch of things that are good right we have a society where we have technology we have art we have architecture um based on people doing things out of necessity i wonder what we're gonna get now that people are doing things from passion how much better are things gonna be yeah i feel um you have to believe in what you do you know and you have to first and foremost it starts with you Mm. Uh, do you believe in yourself enough to do it um and that's something that i want to like plant the seed in my my kids you know right um that self belief 
and to listen to that little voice in your head, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that little voice in your head is what we call the spirit. And you have to make sure, and it starts with our, our parenting. Um, we develop that little voice in that head um, with positive, um, positive talk, um, just making sure you're there and tell them you, you got it, you know what I mean? Um, have confidence, you'll get it, you know what I mean? Like reinforcing that positive reinforcement and you develop that positive um, voice in their head to where later in life when they encounter a, a tough situation, they're already equipped in their mind where I got this. Hmm. You know what I mean? I will get through this. You know what I mean? And so it starts with us and how we inject and what we inject in their mind. Um, so, yeah, I feel like it's, I don't know, it's being being father. Fatherhood is it's an amazing thing, you know. Um, I don't know if you guys have kids or not, you know. No, not yet. But until you're there, like. He's my son. You <laughs> wish. Until you're there. I it, babysit you. <laughs> it really, like, adds a fuel, adds a fire under your ass. Yeah. To really get to it, at least for me. You yeah, know? yeah. There's other fathers who we're not going to talk about today who just, you know. Anyways. Yeah. But, yeah, at least for me, like, it lit a fire under my ass. Like, get your ass to it, bro. Like, now you got another mouth to feed. Now you got people looking up at you, bro. Like, yeah. it's that much more important to achieve and show them that it's possible. Yeah. And I've I seen a lot of – I guess that kind of goes full circle to that same thing we were talking about at the beginning where it's like – we do men, we do things out of necessity, right? Because we have people that depend on us. And I see a lot of clips actually. Um, I forgot who I, I think it was Ty Lopez. You know, the guy that's, um, he's like, Hey guys, I'm in my garage with my Lamborghini. And he was like selling those bullshit courses. But, um, he's talked about that too. And a, a few other people talked about that. And they're basically like, if, if you're a man, right. Uh, one of the best ways to like make a lot of money or if you look at like really successful people they have kids almost as soon as like they find a good wife or like mm -hmm. a good woman in their lives right because again that does light a fire under your ass and not to say like oh yeah you should just have kids so you can be motivated to have a bunch of money <laughs> obviously right you, you have kids for a different reason but that's kind of like a an added benefit to that yeah. i think you've seen this too where it says if if you want to be a millionaire focus on just one woman yeah <laughs> yeah that's true i mean I have two kids, two different moms, um, you know, for whatever reason, things didn't work out, mm -hmm. but I feel I did my kids a service by choosing decent women right. to be their moms. Mm. You know, they're both very well educated. They're both in the medical field. Um, and I feel like my kids have great mothers. Mm. I have nothing bad to say about them. Damn, their um, dad's a surgeon, both the moms <laughs> in the medical field. All doctors. <laughs> My kids have insurance. <laughs> We're good. That, that copay, good. Yeah. yeah. But at least I did that for them. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. But and yeah. wrapped wrapped among all this, right? D and E. Dios nos entiende. What role has God played in your life? Like who instilled in that and how has that guided your life? Damn. Dios nos entiende always. I feel um through everything we've talked about, God has always had his hand and and making sure he leads me to where I need to be. Mm -hmm. Like I'm here today, you know what I mean? Talking to y'all, 
I could be anywhere in the world right now. You know what I mean? But I'm here. I ain't moment. gonna lie, this ain't that good. Nah. nah don't, don't, hey, shout buddy, out to the listeners. Buddy in the dumps. <laughs> Nah, yeah. always speak highly about you. You could be in Dubai, right? You could be in <laughs> Miami. You could be any. You with us, man. <laughs> I'm here. I don't even want to be here. No, I'm just kidding. Damn. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but it's true. Like, yeah, yeah. Live in your present moment, you know? And I feel like he's always guided me and presented people in my life that has helped me get to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, in one way or another, I've always found, I think I mentioned it to... Um, radical acceptance yeah where even even if even if you're walking through hell like be thankful that your legs still work mm. type of mentality yeah you know what i mean and that's just has helped me overcome so many things where i felt i was down and out but the whole time i understood that god's taking me somewhere you know what i mean god has has a plan for me and i'm here now because he's asking me to learn something mm-hmm. you know even in my darkest days i knew he was there with me like wanting me to learn something from that particular situation yeah it's like they say like the teacher is always silent when it comes to test times you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that's how i felt like even though sometimes i felt by myself sometimes i felt like nobody understood i understood that god understood me yeah you know, and this is not, Dios nos entiende has, I won't say it has anything to do with religion, but it has everything to do with understanding, understanding yourself and knowing that God understands you. Whatever situation you're going through, he understands you. Mm-hmm. He has a reason for it. You know, and you just have to um, surrender to that. You know, sometimes in order to win, you have to surrender. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um and so I felt like he's always had a role in everything, you know. Um, that's, that's how I feel about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I that resonates a lot with me, just like submitting submitting your will to God, right? Mm-hmm. Just trusting God. Um, and it makes me think of this, like, story I saw. It's a little corny, but um, it's a guy, like, the story is, like, a guy goes to heaven and he's talking to God and God's saying, like, I never left your side like throughout everything, no matter how good or bad it was, I was always near you. And God sort of takes his hand and walks him down like a timeline of his life. And he's like, see, there's two footsteps, two pairs of footsteps throughout your whole life. And then the guy gets to a part of his life and he's like, what about there? There's only one pair of footsteps. I told you you left me. And God's like, no, I picked you up. Right. I was carrying you. That's why there's only one pair of footsteps. Um, And and it's so true. Like for me, like looking back at my life, I tell everybody, like, it almost feels like I'm just in a scripted movie. Like, everything just happens for a reason because it always aligns and that's how it's supposed to go. Like, so many times I'm so lost and confused on what the next step is. And then it's just like magically I'm there. Like, magically it's just like, boom, here's the opportunity. And it just makes so much sense without anybody having to explain it to me, without anybody having to, like, convince me. I'm just like, yeah, this is where God wants me to go. Um... So, ah, yeah, like people that say, like, I don't believe in God, I don't this. I'm like, is it that much ego that you feel like it's all coming from you? Because when I look at my life, I'm like, there's so many times I could just, like, been down and out, fucking died, like, lost so many, lost so much, and yet I'm still here. Like, why? You know? Like, it, it isn't me. Like, I, I, as much as I want to believe I'm someone super capable and super resilient and special, I'm like, 
it, it's something higher than me. You know what yeah. I mean? And I feel you should never go without saying thank you. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I, uh, I feel a lot of people forget like when they accomplish something or they get to a point of success, they feel like I did it all by myself. I worked it. No, bro. Like God was there. He made yeah. it happen. You know what I mean? He paved the road for you. Exactly. You know I mean? So like gratitude is, is big. You know, and you'd be surprised, you know, you wake up in gratitude, your whole day is a lot different. You know what I mean? So much yeah. different. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a frame of like your mindset when you say I get to do this, not I have to do this. Right. Um, and, and like you said, just being thankful, knowing that like, yeah, I'm working hard, but there's a bunch of people out there working hard and they have it much harder than I do. Right. Why? Because God blessed me with this, right? Yeah. And whatever good God sends my way, it's also a test for me. It's like, I'm going to give you this, but let's see what you're going to do with it, right? Yeah, yeah I'm going to let your podcast be successful, but watch how you're going to turn your back on me and you're going to start like doing bullshit or, or promoting negativity or doing these things, right? It's also a test for us. Yeah. Just like the person who God's saying like, I'm not going to give you that. Are you going to turn to a life where you're going to chase those things the wrong way? Instead of being patient, knowing that your reward is going to come. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes from faith, right? So yeah. it's like, uh, I don't know if you if you read the Bible, but in, in there it says, even if you have a faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think like, oh, mustard seeds, like one of the smallest seeds you can ever think of, right? And to imagine that not, the, not even people have faith because of a mustard seed, right? And then even in there, uh, in the Bible itself, it goes into when Peter was just like in the storm and Jesus was out on the sea and he said, Peter, come walk towards me. Mm-hmm. And he said, God, I can't. Jesus, I can't. And he says, Peter, walk out to me. Right. And it wasn't until and Peter was able to walk on water up until the moment he lost the faith. Right. And it's always, I guess, a huge testament in ever our lives or even when Brandon saying it's like a lot of it's like a script, right? You kind of have in the right moment you're there you're like hey this happened this happened i'm lucky yeah and it's not no it's not i'm and it's not even you're lucky it's you're we're blessed. blessed yeah we're blessed. right and it's like a lot of things in our life happens for a reason whether if it's we may not see it for now like when he mentioned the story when god's carrying us that may not be for our own aspect of it it might be for someone else to see a testimony of our own yeah. life right and i think it's truly important to see where we are at currently and understanding that there is going to be trials and tribulations. And when you get to that point, it's not the point where you drop down, right? It's not the point where you say, well, I made it this far without, with, without him. Let me just go with the rest by myself. Right. And I think it's truly amazing to see like that every's life, you're going to make mistakes. Everybody's going to have these errors. Everybody's going to have these highs and lows. And even just kind of going back to what you said, radical acceptance. You know, actually, that's the first time I've heard radical acceptance. Brandon was telling me about, yeah, this this barber was saying radical acceptance. And I was like, why does he keep saying that? I'm like, what does that even mean? And it wasn't until you said it right now, but that's something that I personally like to, whenever I'm in the dumps, that's always what I think of. It's like, there's people who cannot eat right now. Yeah. There's people who do not have a home right now. And I'm crying because I don't know what I'm going to, I failed the class. Mm-hmm. Or I failed the Right. And it's like, how many people would love to have parents, two parents? How many people would love to have friends? How many people would love to have eyes? Your limbs, bro. Your limbs, right? And it's like stuff we take so much for granted because not only that we have it, but others around us have it, right? So imagine if we were all of us were lost our right or left arm, 
we'd be grateful for the ability to even move our right hand again or even mm-hmm. feel stuff at our fingertips, right? But it's because of the way we live in a society where we all just kind of accept stuff for granted. Mm-hmm. Now we live in a first world problem where if the hat's not the right color, if the jeans are not the right color, if the lighting is bad, that sets off your whole mood, right? And I think it's truly important to come back to your very semantics of this word. What is important in my life? Yeah. Right? And Dios nos entiende. That to me, it's like, wow. Like, I, I, I didn't even know that's what I meant prior to coming to this podcast. Right? And You're welcome. I think that, yeah, my fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that that to me is a, it's really special. And radical acceptance, that's something, did you coin that term or how did you hear about that term? <laughs> my therapist uh, gave me that and he was like, you suffer from this. Damn, he copied this whole flow. <laughs> bar for bar. No, I'm just kidding. Nah, he, he told me. I, <laughs> He's a therapist. Yeah, for like, real. All this was happening in my life, but I always managed to see the silver lining in it. Hmm. Well, at least I still have a bed to sleep on. At least I still have this, you know? Hmm. I could be this. It could be worse, you know? Yeah. Um, And then he was like, this is it like what you're saying what you're describing is this radical acceptance and i was like oh snap i i get it now you know everything might be falling apart but i'm still here i'm still alive i still have a chance you know to get it all back if you will you know what i mean you know how how lucky we are to be or one of our worst phases someone messes up our food you know yeah it's like small things like that at least you have food motherfucker yeah at least you have food at least you have someone making you food 100 so it's like it's small things like that that really i guess like when you break it down it's like it's very special how we all see things it's it's all a matter of perspective you know and uh i feel that's a superpower you know being able to uh see the positive in everything um yeah you might have a shit day but like again at least you're able to come home. You yeah. know what I mean? At least you're able to have a home to call yours. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or p- you see it every day, people on the bus or whatever, but you're driving by complaining that your AC don't work. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's little things like that, like that check you. And, and you know, um, again, it's just a matter of appreciation, you know, for the smallest things. Mm. I think it's like looking at what you have and not looking at what you don't have, mm-hmm. right? Count count the blessings you have. Don't look at what somebody else has. Why don't I have that? Because it's not for you, right? This is for you. Focus on what you have. You know what That's I mean? There's actually a technique or a homework that I was given. Um, and one of the therapies, he was like, bring back, when you come back, um, I want you to sit down and write down everything you're thankful and grateful for, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And he started pointing out things like, well, what about this? Aren't you grateful for that? Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, what about that? Aren't you grateful for that? Damn, you're right, you know? So these are like exercises, again, in therapy that right. help you and give you the tools to see things from a different perspective. That's why I feel that, you know, it, it would be a good idea for anybody to try it, you know? Yeah, that's fire. Loki, this is our Thanksgiving episode, so <laughs> if y'all not thankful, man. There you go. Go to therapy. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is free therapy, so this is free game. Right I'm, I'm gonna put my Zell on the <laughs> at the end of the thing for the session. Um, but nah, man. I guess that that yeah. I think that's really powerful, and I hope people listening could really take you know some free game from everything we're talking about. 
But to kind of close off the the podcast um, on a little bit of a more lighthearted feeling, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Wolf Culture. So obviously Wolf Culture is going to be your shop. It's right down the street from the studio, which I think is super dope. Um, hopefully we get to collab a lot in the future. But talk to us a little bit about what Wolf Culture is going to be about and sort of what the timeline is on that opening. So Wolf Culture, I don't know. I guess growing up, you guys... We're told all these stories where the wolf is always a bad guy, right? And uh, there's a culture in that. And we're the bad guys. You know what I mean? Like, mm. even though you do good, you're still some. You're still somewhat of a bad person to somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so there's a culture of that. Let's all be wolves. You know what I mean? Like, and and from a different perspective, like you know, from a spiritual perspective, if you will, the loyalty that a wolf has to its pack, you know, and how there's a sense of um, a leadership, you know, wolf uh, traits are are leadership. And that's what we want to be around and, you know, and create and uplift other leaders, excuse me, in our communities, you know, in our families and uh, run our kids and our marriages. Like we want to support the leaders in our community, you know, um, and that's the culture, that's the wolf mentality, that's the wolf culture that I'm trying to convey, you know, um, around my, you know, clients and the future clients that will come, like, hey, this is what we do here, you know what I mean, we, we uplift each other and we support each other and this is a, a way of life for us, you know, hmm. like whatever you got going on, whatever you, su- we want to support you in that, you know, um, so yeah, that's, the whole idea from wolf culture. Um, yeah, this, again, I feel like every barber has a dream to own its own, their own barbershop. Right. Um, um, being able to finally be able to say I have my own is a huge accomplishment, not only for myself, but for everyone around me, all my supporters, all my clients. Like, I wouldn't, be here today if it wasn't for each and every one of them you know believing in my dreams believing in the conversations that we have and uh just kind of rooting for me you know and building that confidence to to go after it to go for it you know and um it's it's finally here you know um the other day i shared a moment with my mom where she was like remember mijo when you told me i was down and out and uh, when you told me, uh, I don't have nothing, I have nothing. I had just got uh, released from a job or broken up with my girl. And I was like, oh, I have nothing, mom, you know. And she looked at me and grabbed my hand and was like, you have these. You have your hands, mijo, like, you know. And that kind of like just, you know, that's what that's what I needed to hear. And I was like, you're right, like these are my keys, these are the keys, you know what I mean, and boom, restarted the battery, you know what I mean, and so being able to share that with my mom, it was something special, you know, and Mm. having her come to the shop and bless it, and bless my hands, and it was all like full circle, you know, like all the struggles, everything that I've been through, she was there rooting for me the whole time, and I feel like I've made her proud. You know, and, and that's something big to be proud of. You know what I mean? To, Absolutely. Um, 
But yeah, uh, we we have started operations. Our grand opening won't be until next year. Uh, we want to get over the holidays. We kind of just want to get it up and running to you know get the clients clients in mm-hmm. for the holidays and take care of our service our people. But the grand opening won't be until middle of January type. Okay. Uh, and this is just a space for just anybody to come chill. You know, need someone to talk to, joke around. Um, you know, lay back, maybe have a beer, maybe have coffee, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a, a, a judgment-free zone. Come kick it. Yeah, come kick it. Come chill with us. Come talk to us. And whatever, which way we can support you, we will. Uh, I might know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who might be able to help you, you know Yeah, exactly. I mean? And that's what we're all about, you know? So that's the type of space and camaraderie I'm trying to bring to the people, you know? Okay. Awesome. Cool. Well, D and E, um, you've done a lot. I've always said you measure people not by where they are, but by how far they've come. And I think you in your life you've come a long fucking way. You've done a lot. Um, changed your whole life. And I don't think the barbershop is the pinnacle of your success. Um, I think it's just the beginning of the next chapter. I hope that you keep killing it. I wish you nothing but the best, man. Just all keep going up and up and up and up hopefully um so yeah man congratulations on everything and you guys know um everybody who's listening to this go show love to wolf culture man tap in even if you don't get a haircut come show love come support um we hope to be there at the grand opening showing love and support and whatever it is we can do for you man just know you always count on us as well by all means i appreciate you guys having me and allowing me the space to share my story and where any of you watching i hope this inspired you and you're able to say, hey, um, I could do it too, you know, um, and yeah, um, make sure you tap in, follow me at DNE Hernandez. Uh, again, thank you guys for having me, and I'm, I'm so honored to be here. It's a pleasure, brother. Before yes. we close it off, top five worst haircuts you ever go given. <laughs> top five worst? Or worst haircuts you hate currently, oh, man. all time. Like haircuts you hate giving. Right? <laughs> Talking to the mic. Um, I I guess at number one is the Edgar. <laughs> yeah. The Edgar cuts. <laughs> um, I do not enjoy doing those at all because I feel it's I have to dumb it down, <laughs> dumb it down to. Uh, it's just not it. You know what I mean? As a professional. I feel you. I'm watering down my skill level to perform <laughs> that cut. <laughs> so that that's number one. Number two, um, damn. There's this thing called the the Gumby. Oh uh, yeah. I don't know if you know. It's, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a fro, but it's two levels. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what yeah I, mean? I know what you're about. The part going down the middle. Yeah. Those are just like. Like, bro, we're not in the 70s. We're not in the 80s anymore. You know what I mean? Like, damn. Uh, those are rare. The flat tops. Flat tops, haircuts, number three. I know how to do it because my father would get one, but I hate doing them, you know? Cause the the guy from Street Fighter? Yeah. <laughs> it's, Straight it's, army uh, cut. But, hey, like, uh, there there's a certain skill level to perform that haircut. So, again, uh, I don't like doing them, but I know how to do them, you know? Mm. Number four, um, the Poly D's. The, uh, the D blowout. Yeah, yeah. The blowout joint. And to Poly D's expense, 
I had that haircut. He's still school. rocking that he's shit still though. It both, he still stayed with strong. it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, at five, um, I guess you guys know who Chuck Liddell is. Yeah. That mohawk. That little that skinny had. ass yeah. mohawk. <laughs> that landing strip. That he had. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like doing those. Oh, no fade, no nothing, just skin. Patch in the center. Like, yeah. Uh, those are my top five. Shit. All right, man. Y'all want to let them know where you can find question. me on socials? Yeah. You guys can follow me on Instagram, Ocho Benji. Uh, Jay from 702. All right, guys. Uh, go ahead and follow the podcast pages on the run.pod on Instagram, on the run pod on TikTok, on the run podcast Facebook. Follow our, our second media channel. I want to build that one, um, doing more IRL content and just stuff when we're outside of the studio that's not related to the podcast. That's going to be off uh, off the record.ent. Follow my personal Instagram at AKBTG. And we'll see y'all next week for another episode, man. Peace. Peace.